0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jim Kircher. Last November, Missouri voters approved a $5 cap limit on gifts to lawmakers to prevent lobbyists from spending a lot of money on politicians they're looking to influence. A KCUR analysis of data released this month by the Missouri Ethics Commission shows there's been a 94% decrease in spending from the 2018-2019 legislative session. Joining us to delve into how this new legislation is affecting lobbyist spending and other ways lobbyists still influence politicians is University of Missouri-St. Louis political scientist uh, Anita Mannion, and joining us by phone is David Jackson. He is a lobbyist with Gamble & Schlemeyer, Missouri's largest lobbying firm. Anita and David, David, thanks for joining us today. Um,
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I'll have to admit, um, I mean, I follow politics, but, but lobbying is something of a mystery to me, as it probably is to a lot of people. We probably have some misconceptions about it, so I, I don't want to get too deep into what it is and isn't, but maybe that's what we should talk about. But let's talk, uh, Anita, broadly. How has lobbying evolved over time? What are we talking about, what it has been, what it is today?
2: Sure, lobbying the right to address the government for our grievances has been part of our country, it was founded in our First Amendment. Um, But it has definitely evolved in the last several decades to be more and more lobbyists. And we're talking exponential growth of not only the lobbying sector, but the money that's involved. And that's really what this constitutional amendment was trying to address, the money that's involved in the lobbying practice.
0: How do you see it changing? We've seen this this huge decrease, but I suspect money is still being used, and and David, you can help us with this as well. What do you see the impact? We can't just simply look at the number, can we?
2: Yeah, I think that supporters of this uh, reform bill would say, wow, look at the impact. This has really made a positive change on the influence of money in Missouri politics. But as I'm sure David will speak to, Money, uh, Lobbyist gifts are, first of all, that's not the only way that money is funneled into politics. It's a very transparent way. Um, Lobbyists have very stringent reporting requirements, but there's lots of ways that money and influence still pervade in politics. So, David
0: Jackson, you're a lobbyist, and you probably get uh, reactions to to that Mm -hmm. when you tell people you're a lobbyist. But uh, tell us what you do um, and what maybe some of the misconceptions are, perhaps the proper uh, ideas of what you do.
1: Yeah, no, thanks a lot. I think it's a really important question. And, um, you know, first off, I always like to point out, you know, Gallup does a poll every year about uh, the honest in um, uh, testing the honesty and ethics of different job professions and we joke that lobbyists and used car salesmen trade at the bottom of about six to seven percent of people in their in their trust and, and ethics of that profession. But yet, you know, probably 95 percent of people engage lobbyists one way or another, uh, regardless if they realize that, you know, whether it be somebody that works for a company that has a lobbyist or whether that individual belongs to, say, a, a teacher's association if they're a teacher or uh, pays dues to the National Rifle Association or Planned Parenthood. There are a variety of different issues out there. And so, uh, you, you know, our main job is connecting people to their government and, and allowing them to have a voice in that. And so, you know, our firm represents a variety of different you know, large corporations ranging from, you know, Walmart to Netflix to Ameren, but also do a lot of nonprofit work, you know, for uh, criminal justice ministries that works on criminal justice reform in, in St. Louis, who represent the Missouri Society of Anesthesiologists and, and healthcare, and so there are a lot of different angles and issues and industries, and and I think it's important to allow people to have access. But the people have spoken, and I think that the constitutional amendment passed certainly addressed uh, some of the um, concerns and and valid issues that needed to be uh, fixed in Jefferson City.
0: Yeah. What What does the? It, it seems to me that it could be viewed as a rather simplistic solution. We'll We'll put a five dollar cap, and uh, that to me is you could buy me a beer, I guess. But um, what? L- let's talk a little bit about maybe what were some of the problems, in, Anita, in in terms of not having a limit on what lobbyists uh, could do.
2: To me, the biggest problem is the perception of the public that money is buying government and the money is buying influence. And that, um, that because of this um, infiltration of money in politics, that corporations and moneyed interests have a voice that drowns out everyday people. And I think that that's the feeling that's pervading in the country right now. And uh, Missouri in particular... Well, money does buy influence,
0: doesn't it? Or am I being... Uh...
2: So I think, you know, I hear a lot of people equate lobbying with bribery. And I don't think that's fair because i don't think it's a quid pro quo the research doesn't bear out this evidence that i give you a donation and your roll call vote is what i want it to be but what it does grant is access and access then you get the influence so um, it allows people that access to build relationships to provide the information that they think is important to lawmakers um, and to help set the agenda
0: David, you still get, I mean, and we're not, when I say we say access, I'm not saying that in a negative term. You still have access. You don't have to buy, a, you know, you're not going to not get access because somebody doesn't get uh, baseball tickets, whether that's what you were doing or not. Um, so, uh, again, how does this work in terms of your access uh, and the people you represent um, compared to, say, me as, as a voter?
1: Yeah, I think there was definitely some excessive spending and things that were going on that needed to be addressed. And that's why people voted you know, so strongly to support this, I think some of the unintended consequences you have through this are, you know, for example, our business model has changed because we have uh, previously, if a senator hosts, you know, school kids from their district, we would sometimes chip in to help buy pizza for those kids coming in. Or if you have uh, a legislator who really fights hard on an issue for children, you may have a, you know, a the school boards association that may give them a plaque and now they can't do that because it may be valued at over five dollars and i don't think that's necessarily what voters intended to do um but it's something we're still obviously going to follow the law um but i, I think it, you know we are, it's a relationship business as is any um type of you know sales and um any industry but it, you know what it's required us to do as lobbyists this you know this year i, I would say that we are um we were just success just as successful as a firm this year than we were last year, and so I don't think lobbyist gifts had any impact on our overall ability to you know to advance our agenda on behalf of our clients um, you know but what it does require is a, a lot stronger focus on uh, boots on the ground and policy data driven arguments and it's not nearly as much of a relationship driven atmosphere as I think it was prior to the constitutional change, but also terminal nets, I think, have had a big impact, big impact on that over time.
0: Yeah, and one of the issues, that uh, we can get into this a little bit, was uh, the the revolving door, legislators uh, becoming uh, lobbyists. And Anita, just respond to what uh, David's been talking about here.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with what he said with some of the problems that were happening with the spending. And again, public perception. Um, And so we actually had a rating in 2015 where Missouri got a D minus from the Center for Public Integrity. And their headline was, so little is against the law in Missouri. And at that time, there were no limits for the revolving door. Um, So members of our state legislature could go straight into lobbying. Then we set a six month limit. So this constitutional amendment also added a two year limit for that. And it's not just Missouri. And some
0: people kind of, jumped it jumped jumped ship before that <laughs> some that, people
2: resigned right away yeah. so they weren't held to that account that's right
0: well the you know I, I just as we're talking about this I remember talking years ago to the late Senator Paul Simon and I asked him about this and he said look I get back to my hotel room and I have a list of 20 people who called
2: mm-hmm.
0: who do you think I'm going to call back first and it's the person who is the biggest donor and, right. and you know that's the reality of this to, to some extent. but uh, talk a little bit more about you know the if we're not if you're not spending if lobbyists aren't spending lots of money on gifts and whatever plane tickets or to play tickets or whatever, what are they spending money on David how does the uh, okay uh, the well Anita, I'll ask you, um, It's not like they're not spending money anymore, right?
2: Sure. Um, Yeah, and uh, David would know more particulars of their day-to-day, but I suspect and what I hope uh, is that they are hopefully spending that money on maybe more folks, more staff, having more contacts, um, providing that information rather than sort of that schmoozing, let's go to the Cardinals game, let's have some beers. Maybe it's in their offices because a lot of the money that we saw spent in 2018 that now is gone in 2019 is traveling entertainment
0: yeah David I was asking about the uh, the uh, your budget if it's not to uh, and whether you're talking about yourself or other lobbyists if it's not for um, uh, gifts in a sense of tickets or favors or, or whatever how do you how, how have you reworked your budget uh, regarding um, uh, the, the the lobbying clients that you have
1: So it's very limited what you can do with five dollars, and you're basically looking at coffee and a cheap donut. And so we have cut out all expenditures completely. I don't believe uh, there were any lobbyist expenditures on behalf of our firm this year that I'm aware of. Um, We are going to listen to the people and and follow the law, and that's something we're uh, very adamant about from from our firm's perspective. Some of the things that we cut out, you know, last year um, or for the last, you know. Several decades, uh, our firm has represented the Missouri Beverage Association, which is you know stock the beverages in the legislature. The,
0: the the question too, I want to get back a little bit to how maybe lobbying has changed in Missouri. First of all, this is a pretty tough limit, right? I mean, from from a from a national. <laughs> standpoint, where does Missouri stand in regards to these limitations?
2: Yeah, so in 2015, before these were implemented, we were 44th, ranked 44th in the nation um, for our political financing because we basically had no restrictions or laws. So this is a huge jump to go from no restrictions to the $5 um, rule, which is very tight, uh, coffee and a cheap donut. But um, one thing that I'm curious to see what happens is that if these donations are still being funneled in other ways through fundraisers and other ways to influence politicians that might not be as transparent as they were when they were reporting lobbying expenditures. So I can't take you to the Cardinals game and take you to dinner, but what I can do is host a fundraiser for you and help funnel money that way. So that's another possibility that it could just shift.
0: Yeah, again, I think sometimes people have this idea that uh, we're, that lobbyists are paying for votes, and, and they're, they're, we, that's what we've been talking about. But they often provide expertise, do they not, that the legislators, you know, the state, the state representative doesn't have a huge staff like a US senator, right? So lobbyists are also involved in, in legislation
1: that's exactly right you have i think an important point here too is we also have a new contribution limits in missouri and so you can only uh you know contribute twenty six hundred dollars to a state representative or state senator and we also now have a ban on corporate contributions and so it, it is true that sometimes legislators will use their uh, campaign budget to help maybe stock uh, you know coke and Pepsi in their refrigerator in their office you know so uh constituents coming in can have you know a cold drink when they when they come visit but uh, the reality is they they can't use a whole lot of that budget for expenditures and you know fancy steak dinners because they also have limited ability to raise money through those limits uh to help fund the reelection. and so i think there is some balance there and anytime you have certain laws there's certainly going to be loopholes but i think for the for the most part people have um spend a lot more time in the Capitol focusing on policy and discussions and and hearings. And, you know, our days start early at 730 in the morning and and morning hearings in the House and the Senate. And we're often there until, you know, past nine or 10 o'clock and and Senate debate. And so you don't have a lot of the fancy steak dinners and and entertainment. There's certainly no major league sports teams in Mm -hmm. Jefferson City, you know, in in the area there to um, take everyone's time away from business. And so I, I think that's one of the common misconceptions.
2: And I would say too with the providing information, with the term limits that are in our state legislature now, so not only is the staffing very sparse, but we have a lot more turnover. So the institutional knowledge that lobbyists can provide, I think, is increasingly important. Anita wanna... I think, you, yeah.
1: oh, go ahead, David. I no, I think you're exactly right in that, you know, our our job a lot of time is connecting. Uh, legislators to constituents in their area that may have a certain expertise. And so if you have somebody who, a state legislator who has a background in farming, but really wants to do something for education, they're going to want to talk to people in that industry to make sure that they craft a law that does what they want it to do. And a lot of times that's what we're doing, connecting the people and the experts in the industry um, it, through that process. But we also have to remember, you know, with term limits and massive turnover, a third of our legislature is new. We have the fourth largest legislature in the country, and these legislators are making 35 thousand dollars a year okay david i'm and,
0: gonna i'm gonna wrap you up <laughs> uh, sure. uh, we could continue this for quite a while but i really want to thank you both but we're running out of time here university of missouri st louis political scientist anita Mannion, thanks for coming and lobbyist david jackson chinks thanks for sharing your expertise i appreciate it this is st louis on the air on st louis public radio 90.7 kwmu